Welcome to the Feel Project podcast, where we break the stigma. much for joining the field projects uh podcast because the whole idea is really connecting with everyday people and i really felt um in awe and so happy that a foodie has is following a mental health counselor like seriously it would be the other way around but i was like oh my gosh i felt like that excitement and and almost you know, Insta famous really, because it's so rare for like, you know, um, people from different states and even overseas to just uh, click. And with your page, I really, I mean, you're so expressive and your your title, crazy, poor, Asian, Australian, really like that's the take on pun on crazy rich Asians. So I can only guess, but um, I'm in, I'm quite curious with, the way you express yourself through food, how you dress and, and your content, it's um, brought me, I guess, in, in, I guess, closer to wanting to know you, about you more and how it ties in with your mental health being of Asian Australian. So yeah, tell us a bit more about you. Oh, a bit more about me. Where do I start, <laughs> Kelly? I don't know where to start. Where should I start? I'm from Australia. I was born in Melbourne. Um, I'm I'm Asian Australian, so I have uh, my ethnicity is Chinese. Um, my dad is Yan, so he's Chinese, mm-hmm. and my mum is Hakka, so mm-hmm. we speak Cantonese at home. Uh, my grandparents are from China, but my parents were born in Vietnam, so I'm Vietnamese Chinese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a bit about my background, and then um, yeah, grew up in Melbourne all my life. And definitely have a unique experience, I'm sure, with a lot of other Asian Australians that it's a bit different growing up when you're not part of the majority. Mm. Um, But, yeah, definitely had influences on my upbringing, the way my parents taught me their values, Mm. which were very much influenced by their upbringing in Asia, which they brought to Australia. Um, So, yeah, definitely made me the person I am today and probably influences a lot of what I share Mm -hmm. out there with the content on my Instagram as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. You you made a couple of points there um, and that's the work that we do as counsellors, especially for our Asian community, is actually understanding values and our cultural upbringing because many of us being first or second gens have are born here in Australia. So I would like to like actually, yeah, understand from your experience, you know, with your parents, did you have the classic tiger parent? Um, did you have the, you know, hip, cool parent who just lets you do whatever? Because you exude a lot of confidence and, and colour um, with what you share. But of course, behind closed doors, it's it's always a, a challenge or an experience that has led you to who you are now. So, you know, in 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 short, is was mental health a taboo in your family household and how did you really navigate together as a family to to yeah feel like you're belonging in in on australian soil Mm. 
That's a lot. That's a lot to unpack. (laughs) (laughs) Where do I start? (laughs) So definitely, I think your first question was, you know, whether it was with mental health was taboo. Mm. So I think growing up, growing up in my household with Asian parents, there was definitely that element of you don't talk about your feelings. Mm-hmm. So definitely that was challenging growing up and watching all this Western TV and seeing all these happy families on on, on, on TV, yeah. these white happy families. And I'm like, how come our family is like so different to, to what I'm seeing on TV? There was definitely no friendship to some extent with my parents as a kid anyway I didn't feel so you you know you wouldn't tell your parents your problems so definitely Mm. I didn't do that growing up I kept everything to myself and I think it was definitely a reflection of my parents as well they they are not very expressive with their problems or they tend to hide away Mm. all that from their kids they kind of just bottle all up as as I think many Asian parents do um but yeah, that definitely had its impact on me as a child. Um, and I would often, I guess, keep all my problems to myself. So that's definitely something that was a result of that kind of upbringing. But that being said, I wouldn't say my parents were the hardcore tiger parents. Mm-hmm. My mum probably, but my dad was really easygoing. Mm-hmm. He's very easygoing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a family dynamic where my dad's like that really chilled parent but my mum's a bit more tiger. So yeah. she's definitely yeah. a tiger mum with a lot more pressure, <laughs> a lot more pressure on her kids. Mm. But um, yeah, so uh, definitely had that. But I think now that I'm older and now that I've learned to understand where they're coming from, and I think that's something that when you're young, you don't really mm-hmm. see. I think as a kid is that your parents were once kids as well and they had their own way of growing up. Yeah. which was actually very different to the way you were brought up. I think that's mm. that's really key. You know, growing up in Asia and, like, you know, a third world country, it was mm. so different for them. Um, you know, the whole society was so different back then. Girls didn't go to school back then. Like, mm. it was so different. And I think just understanding that impact that it had on their generation versus all the privileges we have in mm. Australia growing up as kids with so much freedom. I think I think that really made me understand a lot more about, you know, why they did things that they did or why they behaved the way they did growing up, why they didn't talk about their feelings. You know, back then it was just all about getting by. Mm. It was all about mm. putting the food on the table. It was about making money to bloody, you know, pay the bills. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. the luxuries that we had such as, you know, you know, even luxuries of eating out. You know, mm. Growing up, I think we, we barely ate out. And I think my luxury food growing up was more like Macca's and KFC. <laughs> that's why, And that's probably why I love it so much. I'm like, this is a luxury in my family. <laughs> we only eat this on a good day. And back then, you know, it was all about um, eating at home, you know, saving money. My mum was a stay-at-home mum very much since I went to school. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was all about, like, saving working hard and my dad would just tell me to you know study well at school like those typical Asian values keep your head down study well and one day you'll get somewhere kind of mentality Mm. but um yeah I think I think that's really just understanding it was a different world back then I think helps you realize that hey they actually they actually do mean well and you know everything that they may have said when you were younger is actually more you know for your own well, they think it's in your best interests and that's probably yeah. what it is all about at the end of the day. 
Mm, mm. Mm. Yeah, I can hear, you know, like there is a, a, a significant um, sense of maturity, the way you spoke about understanding what our parents have gone through to, to feed us and that was their love language. And it's a struggle, I guess, for a lot of second gens where it's like, how do I get past that to bridge the gap or to build a better relationship with my parents because on one hand we think that we know it all and that you know we're in this western society then on the other hand it's oh my gosh i just want to escape from home because i can't handle mum nagging or or dad not you know um backing me up and stuff like that so it's it's such a conflict uh, being a second gen generation so um with yourself how did you get to the point of understanding what your parents went through and gave you that that sense of wow okay like i really know why they're doing this for me like the benefit because that's that's mm. a very um i guess a skill set to be honest i didn't get to learn that till four years ago really mm -mm. yes yeah i think i actually for me it clicked really young actually mm -hmm. <laughs> for me it clicked really young like probably like primary school Wow. Like, so every year, you know, like Chinese New Year, whatever it is, your birthday, my dad would wish me the same thing every year, you know. He's like, come back, duck shoes, like, you know, do well in school kind of thing. And, you know, he's like, make sure you do well at school, make sure you, you know, one day you'll go to university. And he would say things like, I didn't get to go to university, mm. right, because he, he never was able to finish his degree um, back then. Mm -hmm. So it was very much realizing hey like I have all these privileges growing mm. up in Australia that I can't take these for granted and I think a lot of maybe a lot of parents don't don't really explain the why or maybe maybe they do but in a way that maybe triggers kids even more potentially mm. but, but for me I think I saw it very early on when my dad was working three jobs you know to to, to like put food on the table and my mum wasn't working, so he was, like, the sole breadwinner and he was working, like, seven days a week. So for me, I'm wow. like, okay, you know, you better not, better not take this privilege for granted kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it definitely had an impact on me knowing that, hey, like, this is something that my parents didn't have growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, I better take it seriously. And, and I'm doing this because I have the privilege to do so. Yeah. So I think that was primary school for me. So I think since then I was more like, I need to do this. And mm -hmm. it's not just for me, it's for my family. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that, um, you know, so many of us do have very similar or if not the same upbringing, but the key takeaway that I've learned now hearing your story is communication. Mm -hmm. uh, we all have the same privileges because our parents want the best for us. But the key point is really how our parents communicated the the way that they want us to have a better future and not to be like them. So, you know, for you, it did really sound like consistency equaled discipline equals good habits and, and that positive mindset. Uh, when I reflect now, just listening to you, mine was ego, ego, princess, princess, you know, like privilege, privilege until when it rains, it pours and it's like, oh, shit, I really am breaking down. How do I break through? So um, there is quite a bit of a contrast in how we want to perceive our upbringing 
but most importantly, our parents, because um, they did lack the resource. They didn't have the privilege of YouTube and, and the internet. So, mm. yeah, um, yeah, you, you really touched that one. That's, um, mm. yeah. It was a very different world back then. And I think well, when I asked my parents, you know, what did you do growing up? It was just so, like, basic, right? Well, we didn't have, we didn't have technology back then. They were literally playing on the streets with their friends yeah as far as I know it's like no toys (laughs) no internet no YouTube to your point I think life was definitely a lot harder even though more simple Mm. it was I think definitely yeah definitely not in there the odds weren't in their favor when they came here you know not speaking English as well so um yeah I think I think we need to realize that yeah Mm. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's really our time now to make, sh- you know, use this momentum through social media for the great purpose to help each other connect and create awareness. And even like if we do wake up with a purpose or a passion and realize that we can create our own rat race, um, there is no need to compare ourselves to others. And that's very difficult, um, but then, not difficult I guess behavior or attitude but know that we can surround ourselves with like-minded people to feel positive to be positive to change and I think sometimes we we lose ourselves um being Asian Australian is the perfectionism that comes into play very quickly isn't it it's like oh my god we've got to you know study yes of course study is is good for us um I mean we've inherited some of our parents you know culture and the traditions but we also do have a choice to to make our own decisions so that we can better ourselves and then also teach our parents and our you know future family what it is like from these intergenerational experiences mm. wow i love these deep and meaningfuls <laughs> Can I touch on can I touch on that perfectionism piece that you mentioned? Mm. I, I definitely felt that. And I think I think um for me growing up, it was a lot about pleasing my parents. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it was definitely a factor in who I've become is just this this people pleaser because I think all my life I really wanted my parents to be proud of me. Yeah. <laughs> and to be completely honest, it occurred to me recently when I was doing all this self-reflection, I'm like, They've never really expressed that pride in you as a child, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like there's this constant battle in maybe a lot of Asian kids where it's like you're never enough yeah, because you're never given that affirmation from your parents that you are good enough. And I, I think I've seen that a lot with all my friends and whatnot, but for me definitely was that, that aspect of it Yeah, where I'm like, I'm doing all this stuff, but how come Mm. they're still not proud Mm. of me? (laughs) I know. Why are they still like still (sighs) telling me off? Like what more do they want kind of thing? So I think I think there's definitely that that element to it. I think now that I'm older, maybe because I I tell them what I need, I'm like, are you proud of me? Like I literally ask them and they're like, of course I'm proud of you. But they wouldn't say it. They wouldn't say it like. I don't know. I see a lot of Western families just like smothering their kids in love, mm. and I'm like, "What's wrong with my family?" <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, why can't we be normal and just hug instead of feeling like awkward? <laughs> I 
I know. It's just like, what's wrong? But anyway, I think I think having that 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 experience though, like yeah, having your own family and then seeing what's out there just yeah. makes you question it. But maybe if you grew up in Asia, it'll be a bit more like normal. Mm, <laughs> but I think yeah. we we have that we have that Western influence here growing up in Australia where we have seen that other way mm. and we kind of question, oh, how come we're different? Yeah. But I think, you know, as you grow up, it's kind of like what, what makes you different is actually your strength, right? Exactly. We, we have, our, we have our, our ways of doing things and it's different, but it, it's definitely, you know, another perspective and another, mm. um, another way of doing things, right? Because yeah. to be creative, you need to do things differently. And I think that's important that people remember it's okay to be different. Mm-hmm. And to, mm. to go against the system, like, you know, um, I would never think that I'll be a counsellor until I had to go through, you know, so many different experiences, personal, mm. professional, um, you know, this whole idea of nine to five. Yes, we do need stable income and that security, but it was mm. just like that multi-layer of um, the expectations and, and seeking for that, oh, I am proud of you, you know, Sarah or Kelly, like, oh, my God, you, you, you are making mum happy. But um, we'll never get that and we always question why and mm. it's, it's always like a breakdown in a relationship or communication where you start to have to really reflect on your own and who, who is it that you want to be. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think I think I haven't heard your background story, but before you came a counsellor, just on that point, I don't know any Asian counsellors, so you go like the first one that I've met. So good on you. Good on you for breaking barriers. I think we need more of that. But I definitely fell down that path as well. Even when you're like choosing careers, mm. you're kinda of like, you know, what can I choose? And generally it's like what's what's a respectable job? Yes. What's what's a respectful job? And you know, there's a typical, you know, you become a lawyer or a pharmacist mm. or a doctor or an optometrist or a dentist yeah. or an accountant. And I, I went down that accounting group because I was good at mm. maths and I loved maths, but then I realized accounting's not maths. Accounting's <laughs> bloody Excel and theory. Oh. <laughs> like, this is not not quite what I thought it was. So mm. definitely had that that whole um, that whole journey to go through as well. But I think mm. I think it's really up to the individual to yeah. really discover you know what what what's made them who they are and what can they do with what they've got to influence the choices that they make yeah mm. yeah yeah mm. and and this is why like talking about just even having this conversation and and not labeling it as mental health or the stigma it, you really forget about that um but being able to connect and have this deep and meaningful makes you realize that wow there is more to life than just continuing you know people pleasing and and working overtime and burning out because you just think that that is the path to success or happiness Mm. um Mm. just a quick background to share with you um my my husband um when i was 26 weeks pregnant experienced workplace bullying and then Mm. after giving birth to my daughter um at 10 weeks old I experienced workplace bullying. So it, when it rained, it freaking poured. And I didn't even understand that was a cliche. Uh, I really thought when it rained, it thunders, like, hello, it's the weather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at that time, it was only, you know, four years ago, um, I really questioned my self-worth. 
and mm. I struggled for so long uh, why it was happening to me. I blamed my mom. I was very angry at her for not teaching me how to build relationship with Australians. Um, why do I have to work so much to prove that I am good enough? So all these thoughts just keep coming and now it's raining coincidentally so uh yeah and, and it wasn't until someone tapped me on the tr- shoulder and, and suggested i speak to a counselor mm. so that was the um, turning point to mm. re- realizing oh my gosh like feelings are real and it was lonely to not being able to feel safe and, and talk about how I felt to my friends and family because the idea of perfect Kelly uh, exists, not the vulnerable one. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of our listeners, you know, maintaining that perfectionism does hurt because as you keep moving up, you know, the world or climbing up the corporate ladder or whatever it is that you, you desire to do, you don't mm-hmm. realize that there's a massive dump of emotions that you you're, you're, you struggle to connect with with the physical body. Mm. Yeah. And probably had been building up and you may have been sweeping it down as many yeah. Asian parents do. I know that's what my parents do. <laughs> like yeah. they don't they don't talk about it and they just they just build it up and then mm. maybe one day they might crack it at me for whatever reason, but it's a uh, yeah, it's definitely some influence on them, right? Yeah. In terms of how you you turned out. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Mm. I can definitely relate to the whole, yeah, the relationship thing. Mm. I think I think something about the Asian upbringing, at least from my observation, is we put so much focus on merit, mm-hmm. right? Getting through school, getting good grades you know, doing tutoring, piano and tennis and all that kind of jazz. But it's not what gets you through (laughs) in your adult life, right? It's all about relationship building Mm. and even networking and to some extent who you know, not what you know, at least least in the business world. Mm. So um, being, being that token Asian person in like a grad program with like from the only school or uni that you came from is quite quite challenging, yeah. I think, for 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 some people. And it is about how you blend in sometimes. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it's important to remember who you are and where you came from. Yeah. Um, I definitely felt that when I first started my my grad job in a corporate firm. Mm-hmm. It to some extent, after some time I felt a bit like a what's the word, like an imposter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what, what am I doing here? Like everyone yeah. here is so different from me. Um, and I think I went through a lot of those emotions that you mentioned. It's kind of like, oh, um, I'm so different kind of thing. Or why am I treated differently for some reason? Or to some extent, that kind of questioning, which sometimes could lead to a vicious cycle of just yeah really questioning are you in the right place kind of Mm. thing Uh, I personally definitely went through that at one point early on in my career but I think now I'm more understanding of who I am and and what made me get to where I did even though I have a different background it doesn't mean it's a problem Yeah. yeah yeah 
and it's okay, and at the end of the day it's okay to be different I think that's I oh, think that's the yeah. key message yeah <laughs> be yourself that's the only way you're going to have fun and being authentic mm. you hear that all the time mm. but you know, you really when, do. Yeah, and and authentic is such a nice tone to it because beneath mm. authenticity has so many positive emotions. So mm. each word that we speak now, you know, knowing that our mental health is real, is, is just as important as our physical health, you, you start to become more aware of, you know, of your, your emotions and how your body reacts. As soon as mm. you get anxiety or, or stress, you get a skin rash. It's like, oh my gosh, my neck is like blotchy or holy crap, I've got pimples now or stomach aches. So when you connect the dots and, and realize, okay, if I'm, I'm burnt out, I need to take care of myself. It, there's no need to feel guilty about it, but it does take a lot of time and, and good support for you to feel good to to mm. look after yourself yeah for mm. sure wow yeah burnout is very um very common isn't it mm-hmm. mm. especially in the adult life i feel yeah. there's yeah. like more pressure to to just keep doing mm-hmm. but i think people underestimate the need for rest and to your point self-reflection and really i think it's really important to really realize, you know, your why in life. Yes. It sounds very like philosophical and all that, but I think it really takes a journey to find out, you know, what what your purpose is. Yeah. To some yeah. extent, and because of like why you do what you do. Some people might never find it, but I think it's important. If you do, it's definitely enough to keep you moving forward. Exactly. Purpose and mm. why equals mm. work in progress. There's, mm. there's no deadline, isn't it? Time is value. Mm. Yeah. 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 Okay. So to wrap it up, I'm curious. <laughs> uh, with all your food adventures, have you taken your parents to, I don't know, on on one of your food adventures? <laughs> all the time <laughs> i say all the time but i've definitely taken them and they get yeah. so excited Aww. i think for them it was like so confusing at the first the first time i took them because yeah. they're like what what do we what are we doing and i'm like it's it's the lunch and we just eat i take some photos and then we leave and they're like what kind of what kind of world is this this doesn't make any sense mind you my dad was really happy though he was like so excited Aww. but um yeah i definitely have taken them a handful of times yeah and they love it Mm. Wow. See? Intergenerations inviting each other into each other's world. (laughs) (laughs) My family gets excited about free food. I think if there's one thing that's consistent with a lot of Asian families is that a lot of us bond over food. Even if we're not talking about our problems, we all eat together. Yes. So that's one one love language that's mostly consistent is that we we love our food. That's true. It's like when mom, when I get the shits at my mom, she's like, all right, next day, do you want pork and chive dumplings? Oh, yes, no worries. Just cook it. We're done. We're going to have to talk about the issues yesterday. I'll come over and pick it up. Yeah, it's either that or like bringing you fruit, yeah. sliced fruit. Yep. 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 You got when it. When they, they, they realise they're wrong, but they'll never say sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right. Here's a peace offering with oranges. <laughs> Dragon fruit because I feel rich today. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no sense of sorry. Oh Oh, gosh. But anyway, this was fun. 
Thanks, Kelly. No, thank you. So for mm. our listeners, um, please do check out Sarah's uh, Instagram. Um, all the link will be in our spill. So it's Sarah with a H dot shares dot Melb. But anyway, we'll provide that in the description. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Kelly. We'll <laughs> chat soon. Yeah, see y'all. <laughs>